Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 35 of the Brewery Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, massive week of football ahead of us. Massive week of football behind us. We got the playoffs. We got six games this weekend uh, for the first time in wildcard weekend history. We got your Eagles and Doug uh, with some egg on his face, obviously. Maybe tanking, maybe not. We'll certainly get into that. But how are you, my friend? It's good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to, to playoff football and hope you are as well. Yeah, I, I won't be a, a Debbie Downer. Uh, both our teams obviously not not in the mix, but uh, excited to see at least a, a couple of these matchups coming up this, this coming weekend. Yeah, this is a podcast for the listeners, obviously not a podcast for Eagles fans, not a podcast for Jets fans. Since luckily, I was telling Aaron off air, luckily our, our season is done. We can put that misery behind us, hopefully build towards next year, maybe uh, – you know, get a couple pieces this offseason. Obviously, throughout the offseason, we'll have plenty of Eagles and Jets content for you in terms of what they're going to do in free agency, the draft, um, sort of what's what's happening within the rumor mill in terms of some other moves as well. But that is for some podcasts down the line once football ends, once the Super Bowl happens. But for now, we got a full playoff breakdown for you in addition to some other talk around the league. But let's get into today's topics. And now for today's topics. All right, Aaron, um, when we first found out earlier this year that both conferences were going to have seven teams in the playoffs, that one extra seven seed, that one extra spot in the playoffs, we knew this was the weekend. We knew wildcard weekend was going to be absolutely amazing. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, one game on Nickelodeon. What more could you ask for? Hey, if they, if they get Cartoon Network involved, I think it just might be like the, the golden ticket. I think I'm, I think I might watch the Nickelodeon broadcast, like just to kind of. I might give it like a, a drive or two, maybe a series, maybe a quarter. I don't know. I think it's the Bears <laughs> and the uh, Saints, if I'm not mistaken. So they got the Nickelodeon game. We'll check in for some slime. We'll check in with SpongeBob. Check in with Patrick. Maybe you know catch a few more characters there. But uh, I, I might I might have to tune into Nickelodeon. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I think Sandy Cheeks is supposed to make an appearance like third quarter, maybe 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 fourth, maybe just a couple of minutes in the in the in the last couple of minutes. I'm not sure, but that's Back. just on the rumor. I think Adam Schefter reported it, so it's got to be it's got to be accurate, you know. Uh, it's probably fake then. He's been he's been reporting some suspect news. He, so, he reported he reported today that the Dolphins were firing their offensive coordinator. The Dolphins like shit on him and said they weren't. So he's kind of <laughs> got a couple slaps on the wrist. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's wrong in that situation. 
<laughs> hey, you, you know, you can't always be money. He he seems to be one of the, the more consistent people, but, hey, I'll, I'll definitely take your word for it. I mean, at the end of the day, he works for ESPN. So far, uh, far superior networks out there. Yeah, I mean, how, how could you not trust Brilliano Sports over ESPN? Um, <laughs> anyway, we, like, like we said, uh, the seven teams of each conference are locked. We'll go through AFC. We'll go through the NFC. We will then touch on some big storylines throughout the NFL. Yes, we will touch on Doug Peterson's alleged tanking. Yes, we will briefly, and I might emphasize briefly, touch on the Jets and their impending head coach search. The owner spoke today. Uh, the coach was fired yesterday. Adam Gase is out of my life forever. Uh, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders, um, so I feel good about that going into the offseason. I feel good about Joe Douglas leading this coaching search, but let's get to the playoffs. Aaron, uh, we'll start with the two teams who have buys, Kansas City and Green Bay. Uh, do you think there's any stopping these teams uh, in the playoffs? And if, if so, give me a couple of teams in the AFC and NFC that could potentially stop Green Bay or Kansas City. Uh, of, the, of those two teams, I mean, I think more likely the, the Packers can be stopped. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. I, for whatever reason, I with the Ravens going into the playoffs kind of on the – on the upswing, like they are in comparison to last year, if you remember, they went in 14 oh, yeah. and two, way too cocky, got blown out of the out of their own building uh, against Tennessee. So I think that uh, Lamar Jackson, th those boys have a lot to prove this year, this uh, this third go round in the playoffs for him. Uh, so they they do kind of at least not not so much. Uh, are, are the favorites by any means in the AFC. But I think if they get past the Titans, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they'll probably play the, the winner of what the Steelers Browns. Uh, yeah. So they, yeah, so you're right. Uh, yeah. They are the fifth seed. Okay. I, I don't foresee the Browns um, and Indy winning. So that would leave them to probably play Pittsburgh if, if they win. Um, but yes, you're correct. Yeah. So um if they get through, I mean, I think they they have a very good chance. I think of getting through Tennessee. Um, obviously, it's going to have to be a reversal of last year. But I think if if their defense can wreak havoc, if uh, if they really like lock down, not not even so much lock down, but if they slow down Derrick Henry enough uh, and make Ryan Tannehill beat them, you know, they have a good chance of winning that game. Uh, Lamar obviously can't turn the ball over too much in that, but. I think Tennessee's defense is pretty flawed. They just gave up a shit ton of points to the uh, Texans over the weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Baltimore is a real chance at least at competing with Kansas City. I don't think they beat them. I don't think they get over the top. But you might see Baltimore in the in the uh, AFC Championship game. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but on, on the other uh, on the other conference there to go NFC. Um, let me see here. Looking at the uh, first round bye for for Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks Tampa Bay is getting hot at the right right time of the year. I don't know, you know, really how much Brady has left. But uh, that's what I mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. I don't bet against that guy. So I <laughs> I, I really wouldn't mind seeing uh, just Brady beat beat Rogers, just because I think it'd be hilarious. Because it's just like. Rodgers can never get over the hump no matter what he does. I would just find a little bit of enjoyment in that. But ultimately, I don't want to see Brady get another ring. So, um, I don't know. I, I think Tampa Bay could have a chance at them. Uh, I think the Seahawks could beat Green Bay as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm up in the air. I, 
I don't really trust Green Bay just because they're past a uh, couple postseasons, but they are uh, they are playing really good and uh, obviously have a first round bye for a reason. Yeah, no, I, 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 the only thing I would add is I, I think Buffalo is a good chance of taking out Kansas City if they do, in fact, get to that. If they both get to that AFC Championship game, Buffalo's first round yeah. matchup is, is against the Colts. Um, the Colts do probably have the best defense, in my opinion. That might be a hot take. Um, in the AFC, I don't, th- I don't think their offense um, can really hang with the best of them. Yes, Phil Rivers has more weapons, but he is 38, 39 years old and can only really throw sidearm submarine at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, like I said, I, I think – I mean, we, we touched on this last week. Buffalo is an absolute, you know, firepower at this point. Their offensive coordinator and Josh Allen are on the same page. Stephon Diggs has been amazing. Cole Beasley has been great for the offense. Hopefully John Brown comes back and is healthy. Tight ends have been pretty good. They're one game strong. Uh, if there's any team that can really challenge Kansas City, I think it's Buffalo. I, I just think Kansas City probably has uh, some more firepower. Um, and, and obviously I'd take Patrick Mahomes um, over Josh Allen, you know, 10 times out of 10 times any day of the week and twice on Sundays. But I look, I look for that to be a decent game. I, I think that might be – uh, the one o'clock game on, on Saturday or Sunday. So might not really get as much buzz as, as the other games this weekend, but I really don't think you can go wrong. I think the only game this weekend that might uh, be a bit of a snooze fest is either a, the Washington Tampa Bay game and B Seattle Rams game. You know, honestly, honestly, maybe all the NFC with, with New Orleans also playing Chicago. I think uh, when you look at, you know, the Rams, they obviously didn't start Jared Goff. He just got thumb surgery uh, so he's been out for, for a game and, and, you know, coming off a loss to the Jets a couple weeks ago, I don't think that team is really uh, the definition of hot right now. Um, neither are the Bears and, and neither are the Washington football team. So when I look at, I guess, sort of the, the matchups and the, and the breakdowns, I'm kind of keying on uh, these AFC and these AFC matchups. And you you did mention the uh, the Titans-Ravens. Titans I think that's going to be an absolute ground game, ground fest, run fest, whatever you want to call it. Um, probably the, the the best game on paper for me this weekend. I'll definitely be tuning into that game in addition to, to the other matchups as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I look for Lamar Jackson to probably get a lot on the ground. Greg Roman, uh, their offensive coordinator, has really done a good job of bringing back the strength of that offense, which is the run game. Obviously, Derrick Henry, as you mentioned, running all over teams nowadays, just past 2,000 yards um, yesterday, which is pretty freaking impressive in today's NFL. So, I look at that to be a good game. Um, you know, we mentioned Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland come out of, of Sunday's game, yesterday's game. Obviously, you know, Steelers start uh, not playing a lot of their starters. Big Ben didn't play. Mason Rudolph got his rematch against Miles Garrett. Uh, the Browns ended up taking a squeaker in the end. Um, you know, playing there, there's also some merit to, to teams playing for a third time in one season. There's merit to teams knowing each other, knowing each other's tendencies, knowing each other's play calling, all that good stuff. Uh, do you, how do you think that's going to play out against uh, or, or for and against the Browns and Steelers? Do you think playing a team a third time, you know, would, would obviously, would that give an advantage to the Steelers or, you know, maybe a more inexperienced team like the Browns where they can just go out there and play? So which team in that situation do you think has the advantage over the other? Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough to say. I mean, if you remember back to what was it week, weeks five or week five or six, uh, Pittsburgh absolutely destroyed Cleveland 38 to seven, uh, October 10th or October 18th. So, um, but then, you know, you reverse it back to just, you know, this week, really, um, Cleveland gets the win. Obviously it was, uh, a Steelers team without big Ben, you know, without the leader, without the, the better quarterback option by far over Mason Rudolph. So 
um, you know, you bring it up, it, it does have merit to it, it does have uh, familiar, familiarity to where they, they both know each other, they both know the tendencies, they both know strengths, weaknesses, everything like that. Um, I mean, I, I think it comes down to a lot of experience in, in the playoff situations where, like, uh, a Mike Tomlin will have obviously the advantage in a playoff situation uh, in comparison to really the, the whole Cleveland Browns roster, for, for that matter. Um, you know, Big Ben's been there a million times. I, I just – I'm not going to say the Cleveland Browns don't have a chance. I think if the if the Cleveland Browns can run the ball, which I'll be kind of surprised if they can just because the Steelers' defense is one of those – one of those defenses that just doesn't allow much on the ground. Um, but if they can get the run game going and then it sets up Baker for the play-action pass and, and bootlegs and everything else that they run – um, you know, I think Cleveland has a chance, but, um, you know, much like the most, I would say most division games, not all, but uh, most division games being pretty close, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it, it's close, um, you know, maybe the Steelers pull away in the fourth quarter, but, um, you know, those, like you bring it up, those, those teams know each other really well, and, and that just, that goes hand in hand in, in close games most of the time. Yeah, no, 100%, I agree with that. I think, uh, and the Browns might be riding high. Obviously, them making the playoffs uh, for the first time since 2002 is is quite an accomplishment. They've been through the ringer and back, you know, obviously starting a million different starting quarterbacks and then getting to a guy like Baker Mayfield who, you know, might be an average to good quarterback at best, but he's kind of the right guy, has the right personality, I think, for that city. Uh, the team and the city, the organization have rallied around him. Um, he's kind of put them on their back and, and taken them this far. Obviously, they have some other pieces um, you know, you, you take a Jarvis Landry, you, you take a Miles Garrett, uh, you have a Denzel Ward. Kevin Stefanski, for my money, is probably coach of the year. Anytime you can get the Browns uh, to the playoffs for the first time since 2002, I think you probably have to garner um, some coach of the year, uh, you know, probably votes and, and some attention there as well. Um, how, how much of, uh, I guess, an accomplishment for that city is that? And, and um, I will say the Jets are squarely on the hot seat now. Uh, with the longest playoff drought of any team in the NFL, now that the Browns and Bucks have have made the playoffs, but how much of an accomplishment is that for the Browns? And um, do you think this team continues to get better and better, or is this kind of like as far as that will kind of go as far as Baker can can take them moving moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, ultimately, I think this team has the potential if they continue to draft well and continue to to build a roster in in the way that they are now. I think they they have the potential to stay at least relevant in that in that AFC North picture for for quite some time here. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, you're going up against Pittsburgh every year. You're going against Baltimore every year, and then I mean, Cincinnati's probably a few years away from being good, even with a a, a Joe Burrow uh, who who's shown flashes of of greatness, but coming off the the ACL, not going to go into all that. But yeah, I think uh, I think they at least stay decently you know, competitive uh, in that division. I think, you know, they're building the, the team to run. You know, you, you kind of look at it like a Baltimore. They they set up to run the ball, and, and Cleveland's kind of the same way. Um, they just pound the ball constantly. Uh, you know, two-headed two monster with Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb, that's, you know, that's always a, a good, you know, recipe for success. So I think if Baker can just stay somewhat consistent like he has been and, and do his thing when he needs to, I think they can stay – pretty consistent um but yeah I think you know it's just going to be tough like I said you know not going to beat a dead horse but playing those two teams every year playing those you know that's a tough that's a tough you know mountain to climb every single season but I think they'll at least stay relevant and and you'll see them make the playoffs not every year but 
you know, here and there, I would say. I, I'd say they're, they'll have more success now in, in this era, I would say, than, than they have in, you know, quite some time, maybe if, if ever, just if they can stick to the same, same plan and, and execute it. I agree, man. It's crazy. I think uh, the, the AFC in general is, is just pretty tough. You look, you look at a team like the Dolphins, 10 and 6, um, you know, being the AC, not making the playoffs, even when they extended it to, to have it become seven teams, you know, from each conference. I think it's just kind of a testament to the state of the conference right now, and not to say that the NFC is, is bad, um, but when you have a 7 and 9 division winner make the playoffs and, and, <laughs> and no one in the playoffs is under 11 and 5 in the AFC, I think it – just kind of underscores, you know, where the AFC is now. I think, you know, three, four years ago, you kind of really said that the NFC was 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 probably pound for pound a better conference. Obviously, you had the Patriots dominating every year in the AFC and, and kind of ran through a cakewalk schedule there. But I think now you're kind of seeing that shift in teams from the AFC becoming dominant. Um, so, you know, if the Browns can kind of stay relevant, like you said, Joe Burrow, the Bengals get better. That division is probably going to be the best one in football. Um, so it, it won't be easy for them for sure. They got to continue to build around Baker and, and play to his strengths and um, continue to, to keep that offensive line fresh because um, he needs blocking, obviously, because he's not that good of an athlete. That's a hot take. Um, oh, but hey, yeah, hey, oh, hey, hey yeah. no, it, no, like I said, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty bullish on them. I'm not the biggest, you know, fan of Baker Mayfield. It's well documented, but uh, good for <laughs> Cleveland. I know how it feels to you know, have your team be out of the playoffs for multiple years on end and it sucks. So I feel good for their fans, feel good for their city. Um, before we get away from our playoff talk here, Aaron, why don't you give me a matchup, give me a potential up upset that might be brewing, that might be coming up here in the weeds. Um, maybe, maybe it's a matchup from the NFC, maybe it's a matchup from the AFC, but putting you on the spot, is, is there a matchup that you like that uh, we potentially get an upset spot here? Ooh, man, put me on the on the hot seat on the put you on the on spot. The hot seat. Right so, on. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I'd be interested to see who has the, like the advantage in the Baltimore Tennessee game because I think that could go either way. I really do. Um, ultimately, I I kind of want to see Tennessee win it all just because they're like the biggest oddball team. But um, huh. I don't know. Like they're never like yeah they've been they've been getting better, but they're never you know they're not like a dynasty or anything like that or have multiple championships or, or any for that matter. So um, I don't know, man, it, it's tough. I, I don't see the Rams beating the Seahawks. I'm just, I'm kind of all out on the Rams. I Me think, uh, I don't know. I just think they've, they've backpedaled, they backtracked uh, ever since the Super Bowl. I don't think they've been the same for whatever reason. I just don't, they used to strike fear into the teams and now like they, you know, they get beat by bad teams, you know, almost every year. Um, so I, I don't trust that matchup. I, I think Tampa Bay absolutely rolls Washington out of the building. I don't think that's even close. Tom Brady's not going to let that happen. Um, the the Bears, that would be a really tough one too. Uh, right. Saints, have such a good defense. I mean, it, if the Bears defense can somehow keep the Saints to a low score, maybe maybe they have a slim chance. Um, but, you know, you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky, which, you know, as well as he's played in – some of the season, uh, you know, I don't trust him. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's really tough. Of all the games, and I don't know why, it just kind of feels this way for me. I, I would not be shocked if the Colts went into Buffalo. I think Buffalo is that team that they're so hot that they might come in and, uh, you know, possibly overlook the Colts. And, uh, you know, maybe the Colts come out of there with a win. I, 
I would be surprised, but I, I wouldn't be like absolutely shocked just because I, I think the Colts are well coached. So. Hey, I love it. Um, we talked off air a little bit of kind of how underrated I think the Colts have been. Um, you know, they started off pretty hot, I think, and then um, kind of kind of tailed off after that. But yeah, I, I think if, if I'm going to be going to put myself on the spot, just like I did to Aaron, I'm not going to get away easy. Um, I like the Browns upset, you know, the Steelers. Uh, I'm not really a big believer in Big Ben anymore. Uh, the Steelers obviously started off 11-0, and but what have they done since? Uh, lost oh. four out of their last five, I think, if I have that correctly. I'm pretty um, sure. They, they didn't play anyone sure. on Sunday. You know, Big Ben didn't play. I said they rested a lot of their starters. Any, anytime you play Mason Rudolph, it's probably going to be an L. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, not, not, to, not to throw a ricochet shot here at, at Mason Rudolph, but that's just, you know, we're calling spades. Spades here on this podcast. We're brutally honest. It's how we do it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Cleveland riding high, going to Pittsburgh. You're seeing them for the third time. They know what Big Ben's trying to do. Um, I don't think, you know, Pittsburgh really has a run game to keep up with the Browns. I think the two-headed monster, you mentioned Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, dominant this year, dominant force throughout the entire season, will be dominant in the playoffs and playoff football. I think their skill set just suits it well. Hopefully they get all their guys back from COVID. I know, obviously, they played the Jets last week, a couple weeks ago. And they had most of their receiver room, most of their offensive coaches out with COVID. So hopefully those guys are back and we can get a full squad against a full squad here. But the Browns are my pick, um, you know, for an upset this weekend. I'll give you, I'll give you an even hotter take than, than what I just gave you. I think if the Colts – nah, never mind. <laughs> no, give, I'll, it, I'll, give, I'll, I'll, give it to me. Feed me. I, feed me. I, no, I, I, I messed up. I was being retarded because I had a, a dirt to moment. On air, dirt to But uh, – yeah, I was looking at who the Colts played, and they beat Green Bay, uh, but obviously different conferences. So if they were to go, it would have to be the Super Bowl. But they did beat Green Bay 34-31 back in November, believe it or not. So oh, yeah. um, I'm telling you, man, good, they started off very hot. I think they tailed off, but they, they can beat some good teams. It's it's weird. Like, they, you know, they, they beat Green Bay. Um, who oh, They got kind of steamrolled by Baltimore. Um, you know, just kind of weird, like, who are they? Read, read me off their like top wins. Did they? Who did they beat anyone of note in the in the AFC? I think they beat the Titans once, maybe twice. Yeah, they beat they beat the Titans pretty pretty one in thirty four seventeen. That's pretty right. Pretty easy. I think that was uh, that Thursday night game. Right, right. Actually, and then uh, what's funny is then they came back and got steamrolled by the Titans. So um, <laughs> honestly, uh, looking at their schedule, it's kind of I'm not gonna say it's it's flawed, but a lot of the teams that they lost to are like, like they lost to Jacksonville week one. Um, they barely beat the the Bears. Uh, they barely beat the Bengals. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they steamrolled the Lions, but the Lions are the Lions. Uh, so you're then, saying yeah, you're saying they might be a little bit fraudulent. Now, now I'm now I'm I'm backtracking. But hey, I'm just gonna go with a hot take just because. I never, I never pick the teams that are extremely hot because I just, I've seen them fizzle out before. So I, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna still stay with the Colts to beat Buffalo just because Buffalo might be too hot and, you know, throw, throw back to the '90s. But I remember Buffalo went four straight Super Bowls and lost all four. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they might not have the clutch gene quite yet. Hey, uh, I, I like it. Um, the research department probably should have given us those. Facts and figures before we started off on our hot takes. But any given Sunday <laughs> or Saturday, that's, that's what they say, any given Sunday in the NFL, uh, you hear, you heard it here first, folks. Um, place your bets in the Colts. 
they're going to the Super Bowl and they're going to beat the Packers. Um, so they're Whoa. Gonna... Super hot take. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's get to <laughs> the basement. Let's get to the bottom feeders of the NFL. Let's get to the draft order. Um, we we kind of saw where the rest of the teams have shaken out at this point. Obviously, no Monday Night Football game to mess with these draft orders. So I'm just going to read this one through we'll, – I guess we'll go top 15. I don't really want to go all the way up because at that point, people are going to tune out and stop listening. Um, but number one, obviously, the Tank Generals, Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, the Jets. Number three, Miami. It's interesting. We'll touch on them in a second. Um, if you remember, they have that first-round pick of the Texans um, from that trade with Laramie Tunsil. Uh, so Bill O'Brien continues – to shove it up the hoop of the, of the Houston Texans and put them <laughs> over. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Five is the Bengals. Six is the Eagles. Obviously, uh, I guess you can call them Tank Master Jr. or Tank General Jr. Going from the <laughs> nine seed to the six seed. Number seven, Detroit Lions. Number eight, the Panthers. Number nine, the Broncos. Ten, the Cowboys. Eleven, Giants. Twelve, San Francisco. Thirteen, uh, Chargers. Fourteen, Vikings. And fifteen, the Patriots. Uh, so that's where that shakes out. Um, what I want to do now, Aaron, before we touch on the Eagles and we touch on the Jets and give our weekly update on those two teams, I want to touch on some of these teams and um, kind of where we are. Uh, obviously, some of these teams had playoff aspirations, but um, kind of fell short. And I think you know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go outside the top 15. Actually, I'm going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Aaron knows where this is going. This is going to be uh, I guess our season finale, our, our, uh, our, our I guess, season-ending, uh, you know, shit-talking shit of Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> we told you from the beginning, folks, we told you back in March, do not trust this man. We do not <laughs> like this man as a quarterback. We do not like this man as a human being. Uh, the Raiders, for some reason, continue to invest in this guy. They paid him $150 million to go 500 or below every single year. They gave John Gruden a 10-year contract to go under 500 or below every single year. Uh, he's a bona fide scrub. His brother was a bona fide scrub. His entire family are filled with bona fide scrubs. He will never get back to the playoffs. That's a hot take. You can that right stone. Um, Derek Carr, nothing personally to me to make me feel this way about him. I just don't like the way he plays football. I'm very glad he's not on my team. I don't think he's a good quarterback. If I was a GM, I would cut bait. I know they're at 17. They're kind of in no man's land there. But um, we told you, folks, the Raiders are obviously hot. Every year I feel like they start out 6-2, and two, you know, 5-3, and 8-4. and four. Every single year they start off hot and then come crashing down to earth once teams figure out what they're trying to do. The same thing happened this year. Um, they haven't really drafted well, I, I don't think, um, in the past – I think in the past two drafts, they've had five first-round picks, but only have one uh, first-rounder first this year. Um, they haven't really addressed the offensive line. Derek Carr continues to get absolutely beaten back there, so I guess you can't really put the blame on him. Um, the running back, Josh Jacobs, is good, but just got a DUI after um, his last game, so he's really enjoying the offseason so far. Uh, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of my rant on the Raiders. I don't like this team. I never will. Maybe if they get a new quarterback, maybe not. Um, but Derek Carr will never be successful in the NFL. And I'd love to get your thoughts as we kind of wrap up the Raiders season. Until next year, honestly, it's going to be an annual thing with this podcast. Um, every year during the season, every end of the season, every off season, we're going to get an update on where the Raiders are. As long as Derek Carr is still there, um, I, I will throw in that caveat. But 
Uh, what do you what do you make of their season? And uh, I, I'd have to assume they they have nowhere to go but down from here. Hey, I mean, there's a lot lot going on with the you know. Believe it or not, at, at eight and eight, I feel like that team has you know nobody really gives them any press any any attention whatsoever uh, for whatever reason. I I think just the fact that they left um, you know Oakland to go to Las Vegas that's enough to for me not to like them. I, I think that's a horrible thing to do to your fan base no matter I know it's a business but uh you know I'm not going to root for somebody that does that I remember you know way back in the day uh my grandfather was a Baltimore Colts fan uh once again a team that that left and and they left in the middle of the night so that oh yeah that just that that alone makes me kind of root against them Um, I am a John Gruden fan as a person I think John Gruden is uh I'd love to drink a beer with him smoke a, a cigar as the kids, as cigar, as the kids say, but uh, cigar, you know, why not? But as a coach, you know, I don't have the most trust in in that guy. I think he took over a, a Tony Dungy uh, implemented roster in Tampa Bay and kind of just rode the wave. And and then after that, they were kind of a dumpster fire towards the end. So um, I don't know. I think them investing in in first John Gruden for ten years. I don't know if that's the right move. I mean, I. They've gotten better, but eight and eight is never. You're never going to get excited about eight and eight. You're never going to remember eight and eight. So, um, you know, I think you know. I'm reading this right off NFL.com. They're talking about how the defense is not ranked in the top half of in points uh, since the last time it won a playoff game in 2002. So, um, they're they're saying they need a defensive tackle and an offensive lineman and an edge rusher. I guess they didn't uh, pay attention to who their quarterback is because uh, once again we're going <laughs> to stress the importance of you know how important the, the quarterback position is and then uh Derek Carr kind of reminds me of like a you know similar to a Jay Cutler to me I, I just think the guy no matter where he goes no matter what he does he either just doesn't have like the work ethic or uh he just he just doesn't communicate the greatest body language either I just don't know if he cares enough either uh, in addition to he just can't simply win games. Uh, so, you know, once again, just Derek Carr being Derek Carr, being average, being eight and eight, that's that's kind of his his mantra at this point. And, and you know, once again, you know, you, you bring up like a Kirk Cousins, these guys are average at best and they're getting paid like they're, I don't know, like they're movie stars or rock stars or even more so. So, you know, waste the money. Um, like you said, I would cut bait. I would try and – if if some team would be stupid enough to to trade for him, I, I highly highly doubt it. But I would be at least shopping him every single day until the draft. Hey, give me two first round picks. I'll trade for him. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Thank thank God they beat the Chiefs though. I might as well get in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. No, you, you right. said offensive line. To me, they drafted they drafted Henry Ruggs last year at at third at tw- No, they were at pick twelve. Uh, the Jets were at pick eleven. They could have drafted the tackle. Um, that went to the Buccaneers and is having a great season. It, it, time and time again, this team continues to shoot themselves in the foot, um, even when things are handed to them on a silver platter. But, um, yeah, check, check in with us this offseason um, for, for continued shit talk against the Raiders. But um, from one of our favorite quarterbacks uh, to another one of our favorite quarterbacks who, who might, you know, no longer be a quarterback in the NFL. Then we get to talk about the Miami Dolphins. We mentioned them earlier, not making the playoffs in 10-6. and six. Definitely sucks. Uh, but it has everything. It has everything to do with their sitting to call with their quarterback to attack of Iloa. Uh, Aaron, um, where do they go from here? I'm, I, I don't even know his stat line. I need the research department to look it up for me. 
I know we had horrible, horrible interceptions. They lost uh, like 30 points yesterday, not even a close game in, in one that you had to win um, to make the playoffs. So where do we go from here with Tua? Like we said, uh, they have the number three overall pick in addition to their own pick um, in the draft this year. The number three pick will be enough to address the quarterback situation. Do they pull a Josh Rosen um, and trade Tua or, you know, do they ride him out and maybe get him a, a decent wide receiver, maybe trade back, maybe get a decent offensive lineman? What do they do with Tua? And I feel like this team can only go uh, so far as, as his play allows. Am I correct in saying that? I think, I think you're spot on. I think um, at 10 and six, you know, coming off a season where I don't think anybody expected them to go 10 and six, I think, at this point in time, if if I'm the Dolphins GM, I'm I'm trying to get to a traded even at that record, just because I look at my roster construction. I know they have uh, Kaseki, Mike Kaseki from Penn State, great great tight end. Um, it, it seemed like when I watched them a couple times this season, um, you know, it didn't look like their offensive line was too bad. I mean, I I can't. That's not a, a proper analysis. You know, I haven't watched. I haven't watched. You know hours of film like Mel Kuyper does lock himself in the basement and, and do that for weeks on end and not get a shower. <laughs> but um, uh, at, at the same time, I would, uh, I mean, he's got to be obviously on his rookie deal. I would try and I'd try and get him for some draft picks. Um, I know the Dolphins had like a shit ton of picks. At, what was the last year as well? Yeah. And like, why not just try and go heavy on draft picks again? Um, their defense from the game, the couple games I caught that they played uh, didn't look, terrible so um you know I think if they get a an adequate quarterback even you know maybe they go out and, and get somebody like a free agent I don't even know who's out there at this point um you know I I'd, I wouldn't keep Brian Fitzpatrick that's just like maybe as a backup but you know that guy is not going to get you to the promised land ever um you know Fitzmagic one week and then five picks the next week so um I, I think they just go out get a quarterback of some sort uh you know, maybe somebody somewhat mobile. That would be a kind of a, a good replacement with for Tua, but with a better arm. Um, you know, maybe this is a hot take, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, if nobody's going to take his, his contract, that's a problem, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Eagles try and trade Wentz for that for that pick, for that early, uh, what, number three pick. If they if they would do that, I would be more than happy to off Wentz Wait, to you, Miami. You mean you think the Dolphins would trade that three pick for Wentz? I'm not saying they would, but if that was on the table and I'm the Eagles, I would I would pull the trigger. Even at even the 18th pick, I would I'd be all right with that. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah I, no, 100. No just speculation, but like I I just look at it like they they need a quarterback. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they went after uh, Jalen Hurts just because he's mobile and you know he's I I'll take Jalen Hurts seven days out of seven seven days out of seven uh, in comparison to uh, yeah. Tua and and Tua is one of those guys. In addition to to the, you know, uh, kind of piss poor performance he, he gave you this year, he, he's an injury machine. So yes. I just don't think he'll hold up long term in the NFL. So if I'm the Dolphins, you know, you, you're kind of in a in a great position to just get rid of him, get get his you know his his trade capital is probably pretty high. I would say I, I at least think like maybe a second or third round pick for him at least, um, and and get and just go go up from here. Yeah, no, they have options, 100%. Um, options. You, look, you look at the top three picks, uh, number one is probably going to be Trevor Lawrence. Number two, just based off his performance last week and, and 
you know, which was insane in, in the Sugar Bowl against Clemson. Probably going to be Justin Fields. And number three, you got, you got to take that kid from BYU, Zach Wilson, or you could trade back, maybe recoup some picks. But you're only going to go as far as your quarterback. And this team is obviously pretty good. They're able to win 10 games after last year when they borderline tanked the season away, but still ended up winning four to five games, I believe. So you're never going to be picking this high again unless you trade a massive haul to get up to the top of the board. So take your shot. Move Tua for, for a Josh Rosen package. Obviously, he's not the guy. I know he's only had one year. He's had less than a year. But if you're a guy that's continually getting benched for, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick game in and game out, I don't think you have what it takes to play quarterback. It's, it's similar to, to my mentality with, with Sam Darnold this year. We've given you three years, my friend. Like, Tua, like, you played with all stars at, at Alabama. I could have told you, you know, three years ago it wasn't going to work out with some subpar um, you know, teammates in a, in a team that was obviously rebuilding last year. So uh, I don't I don't know if it's you, Tua, what, if you got to figure something out mentally or you just don't have the tools to play in the NFL. I'm thinking it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, but but if you can get a guy at three who is a clear upgrade over two attack of Ilo, I, I hate I hate to move on from him just because I, I learned how to learn I learned how to say his name not too long ago. And I hate to you know forget that pronunciation, but if it's not if it's not working, I think they got to move on in a society in a league where we want that instant gratification, we want those results instantly. Um, I think you have to move on because the rest of the roster is there. You're certainly a playoff team on paper um, outside of the quarterback position. So if you can get a guy that can do some different things back there, give you a couple good looks, is athletic, can run the ball, um, has the arm strength to get it downfield, I think you can do some different things. Um, Brian Flores is certainly a good coach. Uh, Chan Gailey is the offensive coordinator. He's been pretty decent for them this year. Uh, so if you can get a guy that can come in there, give you a couple different looks, elevate the players around him, uh, you might as well take that shot at three because who, who knows when you'll get that shot again. Yeah, I think I think you nailed nailed the. Yeah, I think you just nailed it down. I mean, I, I can't even get the expression out of my mouth. I'm I'm that flabbergasted about what traded. the I think they just traded him because of what we said. <laughs> I think uh, I think if the Dolphins need a, a beat writer, I think. You should be first in line for that job. Um, hey, do yeah. we do a do we do a Tua for Donald swap, and then we do a Tua swap to like San Francisco for a pick, and we just get a fuck ton of draft picks? I think I say why not? Like, I, if I was, I don't know. Some of these teams, I think they're they're too afraid to make a a big splash. Like they'll they'll hold on to a guy, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at Donald. He, he's one of those people that, that stick out to me only because he's been in the league three years. Like. After after two seasons, I would I literally if I was a GM it, and it might get me fired, but I would just be <laughs> making crazy moves like that because it's like if I if I if if they don't pass the eye test for me, I'm just like get rid of them. Like I, I don't believe like time's gonna fix most of these players just because um, you know I I would give Tua one more year and maybe not even in Miami, but like if he if he plays the same way next season, what makes you think in year three, four, and five he's gonna get? a whole lot better at, at that. The speed of the game in the NFL is just so tremendous. So, you know, maybe you give him one more year there, but you know, if I'm, if I'm the GM, I'm, I'm just going to move him while his, his draft capital is probably pretty high. His, his trade value is probably pretty high. And uh, like you said, I mean, they have it out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. I, I feel like they constructed a pretty good roster and uh, you know, I think their quarterbacks holding them back at this point. So if the, if the quarterbacks holding them back, you know, you make a move and, and, and move forward and, and hopefully get better from it. I don't think you really go backwards. 
I, I hate to say this because it, it's kind of a stigma around, I, I hate, you know, buying into the stigmas around certain colleges, but besides Jalen Hurts and he was only there for, you know, two years, like Alabama quarterbacks don't work to me in the NFL because you're essentially playing with an all-star team. I mean, two of his yep. receivers were Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, who's better than both of them, Devontae Smith, who might win the Heisman this year, like, He's an all he's an all-star offensive line. He's Najee Harris, who uh hurdled a guy who was like seven feet in the air last Saturday, uh when, when they destroyed Notre Dame. He has an all-star team on the field. I don't think that Alabama quarterbacks will ever thrive in the NFL because of the competition. I mean, they're legitimately playing against boys, uh, you know, when they're in the SEC. So to me, like yeah. I said, I hate I know there's the Ohio State, you know, quarterback stigma. I think Justin Fields is a little bit different. And the rest of those guys, there's some stigmas for some other schools with some different positions, obviously. But to me, I would never trust uh, an Alabama quarterback unless they, you know, tell me different or, or show me otherwise. But uh, from one Alabama quarterback to another, former Jalen Hurts, uh, we're going to have to talk about the Eagles here, Aaron. I think it's time for you to give the people what they want, a storyline that is dominating, absolutely dominating um, Black Monday in the NFL um, when a day that should be dominated by coaching hires, coaching firings, all that good stuff. The Eagles, the Washington football team, the Giants are dominating the headlines. So why don't you quickly take us through um, last night's game and maybe give us your initial thoughts, initial takes on Doug Peterson and what he was attempting to accomplish last night. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, you know, much much to the uh, grin, I would say, uh, of the Eagles fans, you know, he, he yanks, uh, you know, Pretty pedestrian uh, stat line. Jalen Hurts, obviously, probably his worst game to this point. Um, you know, Washington just kind of was was wreaking havoc all night long. I mean, I I'm not gonna say that that gives him a free pass. It definitely doesn't. You got to play through that. But um, you are throwing to once again, you know, practice squad, no name. Um, you know, basically, you know, you could have put Vince Papali out there at last night, and he probably would have made more of an impact. Uh, throw back to the movie and. than most of the guys, but, uh, you know, the, the boy J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, you know, very small, uh, very small contribution in his whole career, but uh, made, made a pretty nice catch last night. I'll give it to him. I'll give it, I'll give it to the, the same guy that has his mom holding an umbrella at training camp for him. Why not, you know? It's, it makes a nice play, of course, in, in the last week of the, of the season, in an irrelevant season as well, but besides the point, um, you know, you, you go to the, the start of the fourth quarter, um, they're down three points, and then you know uh, Doug Peterson, being being Doug Peterson, being the uh, the guy that's going to outsmart all the other coaches in the league, at least he thinks he uh, he inserts Nate Sudfeld, uh, Nate Shitfield as I call him, into the game, um, and, and absolutely just throws the game intentionally. You know, it's obvious. Um, you know, there's no way they're going to win with Nate Sudfeld with no offensive line and, and hardly any receivers. Um, so that was really the storyline, you know, why, why pull Jalen Hurts when, yeah, he's playing poorly, but it's his fourth game in the NFL. It's against a good defense. It's no offensive line. Might as well see what he's got and put him to the test at, at the NFL level. But, you know, what do I know? I guess Doug Peterson is coming back as the coach for a reason. Uh, it's beyond me kind of at this point just because he's made uh, boneheaded decisions all season long. Nearly every game he made a decision that makes you scratch your head. But, uh, yeah, 
so they end up losing the game. Um, and, and the argument is, you know, should we have tanked the game to get the draft pick? I don't really see a problem with that. If you either started Nate Sudfield from the start or the game was a blowout, which neither of those things occurred. So it was a three-point game, and, and that's when they decided to tank. Um, why not just pull a 76ers and just put horrible people in there and just lose by 50 points? I'd rather rather them do it that way than, uh, you know, keep me interested just to uh, screw all the fans in the fourth quarter and piss everybody off. Yeah, no, that's that's very well said. Uh, it, it's like I said before, it's it's kind of a storyline that's been dominating the NFL overnight. Um, and if you're a Giants fan, I think you have every right uh, to be pissed off. But if you're not a Giants fan, I don't know why you really care. I know there are the football hardos out there, there are the football purists out there who are wondering why a coach would blatantly tank. Um, you know, I, I understand this. This kind of reinvigors the Eagles, Giants rivalry. I know Joe Judge. Uh, the head coach of the Giants had a great quote today that he would never um, intentionally lose a game um, as a football a football coach in the New York Giants. But, Doug, my friend uh, Peterson, like, you're in a close game in the last game of the season. You have a rookie quarterback who you want to get as much time in as possible. He's obviously your quarterback in the future. He's obviously a guy you want to build around moving forward. Um, that potentially could have been a late-game situation. They're down by three points. He has a chance to win the game you know, with a last-minute drive, a two-minute drive, what have you, why would you take him out of that situation, uh, intentionally tell to your players, hey, I'm giving up on this game, I'm giving up on the season, I'm giving up on you guys, I'm punting to bring in a quarterback who probably should be bagging groceries right now in your local grocery store. Um, for him then to immediately throw an interception, um, that was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, uh, then to immediately on the next drive fumble a ball that was absolutely garbage. Um, I think you could tell – once he came in, the players were pretty pissed off and visibly upset. Um, you saw Jalen Hurts on the sideline sitting there. Um, he was questioning why that decision was made. Um, Aaron, you mentioned that, that Sudfeld had, had been active and Wentz was inactive going into the game. So right off the bat, um, you know, you kind of thought that Sudfeld might get a chance to play, but why would you go and play him when you're down by three going into the fourth quarter when clearly Jalen Hurts gives you a chance to win? And, and when you talk about going from the ninth pick to the sixth pick, as, as that being a reason to tank, like the Eagles haven't hit, hit on a first round draft pick in a long time. And I'm not saying that as a shot to Aaron. That's just a fact. Aaron would tell you the exact same thing. Um, going from, from nine to six really doesn't make that much of a difference. If you look at next year's draft and how the team sort of shake out, there will be an early run on quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, four out of the five picks are quarterbacks, if five out of the, you know, four out of the, the, you know, first six, seven picks are quarterbacks. So, that leaves a few picks, that leaves a few uh, offensive linemen, that leaves a few wide receivers, which the Eagles desperately need to shake down to the bottom of the top ten. Why not hang there at nine, wait for a receiver to drop there, take take him in the draft, build around Hurts and go from there. I, I think um, the players who have been there for a long time, Jason Kelly, Zach Hurts, um, all those guys, even if they're not going to be back there next season, it definitely damages the locker room a little bit. It leads me, if I'm a player in that locker room, it leads me to believe my coach is willing to quit on me. Even though I've been playing my ass off this season, I opted in to the season to play. I, I put my family, I put myself, I put, you know, the general public, put the team staff at risk to be able to play football in the middle of a pandemic. And you're going to go out like that the last game of the season um, and you quit on me like that. So I, I'm, I'm certainly not one of those guys who's pissed at Peterson. Like if you're trying to get better draft capital, I am the biggest proponent for a tank, but in my opinion, front offices tank um, by setting you up to fail at the beginning of the season with a poor roster. 
But coaches, absolutely under any circumstances, should not tank in season, mid game, uh, whatever you want to call it, just because the players' livelihoods are on the line. We talked about it last week. We talked about it with the Jets. These players are playing for a paycheck. They're playing um, to put food on the table for their family. And and Nate Sudfeld has been there for you know four years now, three four years. So if if you're going to put out the argument that you're playing to win the game and you're playing to um, evaluate him as a talent, I I don't buy that whatsoever. You're you you should be playing to evaluate. Jalen Hurts and get him some late game, close game experience at that point. And to me, um, just an all around dumb decision. And, and for your sake, Aaron, I hope the Eagles choose to to move in a different direction. But it, it does sound like Doug will be back next season. Yeah, as much as uh, as much as I think Doug in the past has motivated his players and got the most out of them, I don't know what has happened. Uh, you know, this season in particular, it really stands out that. He's just not – he's not putting – I don't know if he can't think in, on his feet. Like, there, there's been so many times throughout the season where it'll be, uh, you know, whether it be a fourth down, he shouldn't really go for it. Like, let's just get the points. He goes for it. If it's a fourth down that, you know, realistically we could go for it, it's not going to really damage us. If we don't get it, he doesn't go for it. It's been so much of that to the point where I, I just don't know what goes through his head. I think he – I think he's to the point where he can, he feels he can outsmart everybody and he thinks that all his decisions are, are spot on and, and the, the ones that are, are the right for the, are right for the team and right for the organization where, you know, last night that, that, you know, you bring it up, you, these, these veteran players that have played all season long. I mean, you're, you're playing in a meaningless game as it is. Like, might as well give it all you got out there and, and just finish the season strong. You know, it, it, as soon as they put Sudfield in the game, I, like mentally checked out because I was like, okay, well, this is just not, this isn't going to be fun to watch. I, I don't have really any optimism, unfortunately, you know, nothing against Nate Shitfield, but, uh, you know, he's just not, he's not the best, best option, you know, on any team anywhere in the NFL. So it's just, it's defeating in a game that was winnable for sure at most of the, most of the second half, it was a winnable game. And, and you just kind of pissed that away for no no real reason other than to move up three three draft picks uh, in the upcoming draft. And, and really, like you say, I mean, they haven't hit on – I mean, I can name how many second-round picks they haven't hit on too. So, you know, you move up three spots in the draft. Um, I hope it's yeah, – at this point, I hope it's like packaged with Wentz or something. Like, I huh. I don't know, just to, just to get the sixth pick and for them to pick – you know, either a receiver or an offensive lineman that, you know, might be average at best just based on what they've done in the past would would really, really, you know, rub the, the fan base the wrong way after a season where they've been nothing but let down. I mean, you're you're coming into the game 4-11-1. Um, I think you might as well just try and win the game and, and go off on a high note like, like Ben and I talked off air. You know, why bring more attention to uh, an already, you know, destroyed franchise at this point, uh, a, a franchise in shambles and a, a roster construction that's, that's absolutely terrible and, and a salary cap problem that, that's not going to get any better. So I, there's so many so many things going against that team for you, for you to, to go out there and be down three points and then decide to throw the game. It's just kind of indicative on this whole season and, and makes absolutely no sense. And it's just there's not many good things to say, unfortunately. You know, I, I'm trying to stay positive going into the offseason, but it, it's just this season alone, just talking about the, the 2020 season, has been, uh, you know, horrible to say, to, to really say the least. 
Yes, it, it has been. And, and luckily, at, at the top of the show, we said it's it's finally over. Um, it was a great breakdown, Aaron, of, of sort of the feelings around the organization, kind of where they stand. Uh, you know, hopefully they, they hit on that guy at number six. Like I said, we'll have a full draft breakdown of, of needs and, and wants going into free agency in the draft after that. So um, we'll be able to break it down. But I, I just hope for your sake and, and for the organization's sake, it doesn't have a lasting impact um, on the players who are on the team next year. I really hope that, you know, it doesn't have a lasting impact on Hurts. I think he showed a lot of a lot of skill, a lot of flashes this year that he can be the guy. Um, I do think he needs to take that next step. Like you said, he, he didn't have his best game, but hopefully, you know, Again, he was a second-round pick, not a guy that was highly touted. If you can build around him, put him in the right situation. Um, I know Doug's great at working with, <coughs> excuse me, quarterback. So hopefully he can work better with him and uh, really get to a point where he's effective in this league on a consistent basis. But um, other than that, I, I think I think I got to touch on the Jets here, and then we'll um, be good to go and send the listeners off into a great um, wild card weekend worth of football. But um, just to get to the Jets here, obviously, we, we fired Adam Gase. Luckily, my long national nightmare is over. Um, finally fired Gase. I, I, I feel for once uh, sort of in, in a positive light about the Jets. I'm in somewhat of an optimistic state about the New York Jets, um, but it's all predicated on who they hire as a head coach. If you look back in the past 10 to 15 years, the owner has meddled within this organization. Um, our owner was the reason we traded for Tim Tebow. Our owner was the reason we drafted Geno Smith. Our owner was the reason we drafted Christian Hackenberg. Our owner was the reason we left Rex Ryan another year and kept him on a year too long. Our owner was the reason we hired a search firm to fucking hire Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles. Our <laughs> owner was the reason we hired Adam Gase. And I think for once, we are finally giving the reins over to the football people within the organization. The owner came out today and said that Joe Douglas, the GM, is running the head coach in search. He's going to take his recommendation and run with it. He, he is going to run a long, lengthy, thorough coaching search, and we, are, we will figure it out after that. But we are slated to interview Eric Bienvenue from the Chiefs, um, the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, the offensive coordinator from, from the Bills, the offensive coordinator from the Titans, in addition to a few college coaches. So the guys we're interviewing has me optimistic. The way we're going about this head coaching search has me optimistic for the first time in a while. But as Aaron knows, as we all know, I might come back down to earth here in the next couple of weeks. But until then, I'm going to be optimistic because I deserve it. Um, and then we will go into the offseason. We have a massive decision to make at the quarterback decision. The listeners know I'm in the field. I'm in the camp of trade Sam Darnold, get picks back, and draft that quarterback at number two. But again, that is up to the coach. That is up to the GM. That is up to the organization on what will happen with that decision. But first, you have to get the head coach. You have to figure out we're going to do a quarterback, and you have to nail the draft and do pretty well in free agency, or else this team will not take a step forward. But if we get the right guy coaching the team, I will for once be optimistic, probably for the first time in about 10 years. But uh, that is the state of the Jets. Um, Aaron, is there anything else that we missed before we let the listeners go tonight? No, I, uh, what was kind of interesting and not to beat, uh, you know, to continue to talk about the Eagles, there's no real reason to bring them up, but it was kind of weird. Like last night, uh, you know, three, three pretty big names, I would say it was, uh, Carson Wentz, Jason Kelsey and, uh, and Zach Ertz, uh, all were at the field at like, I think it was past 11 PM. I, I just never seen anything like that. 
Um, basically, I, I watched the the Zach Ertz, uh, you know, little little press conference today, a little presser today. He just kind of basically said, you know, because of all the COVID protocols, they didn't get to hang out as much as they usually do. They don't get to go to the, the um, cafeteria, eat, eat, and, and as Zach Ertz said, BS with the guys. So, um, you know, I they continued to ask him in, in that little presser, like, you know, was, were they talking about, is this the last time we're all three together? And he continued to, de- to deny it. Like, uh, but, you know, for, for him to say, or for him to, to say that that didn't happen, you know, I, I think that's obviously a lie. I mean, they, they're, they're human beings. They know, you know, that this could be the last time they all three play together, at least on the same team or on the same field. Um, you know, just kind of, kind of a crazy, crazy end of the a season for them. But uh, I, I don't know, just, with everything as far as COVID impacting the, the game, it's just uh, been an extremely weird year to me uh, as far as just the football season. And uh, trust me, I get the, the severity and the seriousness of COVID. It's just, I just think this year has a whole different feel than, than past years for a lot of, like, I think a lot of, of players, it was like more emotional this year for, for whatever reason. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was a <clears throat> crazy regular season. I think if you look back on this year, it's definitely going to be chalked up as, um, sort of an outlier for, for several different reasons, just a crazy season. And I'm honestly surprised the NFL has, has gotten through it. I, I don't think they were too rigid on their protocols throughout the season. I think under any circumstance, under all costs, they were going to get through the season um, and they were right. going to find a way to do it. But, um, yeah, that, I think that's that's it for, for tonight, folks. We, we look forward to watching six hopefully great games this weekend for the NFL playoffs, wildcard weekend. Um, tune into the Nickelodeon game because that will be fun. Um, Aaron, I, I think it's going to be a great week, and we'll have a full breakdown of these games for listeners next week, and then a full breakdown of division round of playoffs after that. But um, why don't you take us home? Yeah, looking forward to it, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we get an upset or two, just just to be a little bit more fun. But you know, I'm um, just hoping that it's not you know an Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady championship game. I'll say that I, w- I wouldn't be too ecstatic about that. It just comes to my mind. Fuck that. Take us home.